0: And this is where I think the actual, like the heart of your question is is coming Mm -hmm. to, is like, are we making a decision out of love or are we making a decision out of fear? I'm Ben Easter and you're listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast, the podcast that gives you the mindsets, strategies, tips and tricks to live your freedom and love your life. If you're here, I suspect that you have a total badass inside you. But chances are that you haven't let it play full out yet. Maybe you've been told not to, that it's too much. Maybe you've been worried about what other people will think. Or maybe you just haven't made the space to shine. If any of that sounds familiar, you've come to the right place. Each week, my co-hosts and I will be exposing the lies that keep that badass chained. And more importantly, sharing the tools to help you break free and share that most authentic you with the world. So, if you want more freedom, possibility, or courage, then I'd invite you to take a deep breath, get curious, and listen carefully for your shift to freedom. Hey there, freedom seekers. Ever wonder about the hero that lives inside of you, ready to conquer the business world? Well, if you've been listening to our show for a while, then you know that we love exploring hero myths and using them to better understand our own heroic journeys. I wanted to make these stories even more actionable for you, so we built a way for you to uncover your business superpowers, avoid potential pitfalls, and see your entrepreneurial journey in a whole new light. Ready to discover your business owner hero type? Check out the show notes or head over to lucidshiftcoaching.com forward slash quiz to take our free quiz and learn which heroic energy you embody in your business. It only takes a few minutes and it's free. Your heroic journey awaits.
1: I'm so pumped to be doing another one of these episodes and we just did a little prep before this, but like clearly what we're talking about today is something that is very alive in me and very raw, real, something that I'm going through currently that I feel like is something that I'm feeling with a lot of my clients and that I feel like some people that we may cross paths with, like some people that you work with, just like I think the theme of the show this week will be are we getting in our own way when we have this like level of doubt when we're at this precipice of growth and like an outcome that I would love from this episode is like what are red flags to look for on like if it's a resourceful question and it's coming from truth or is it a question that's coming from fear of up-leveling or just like fear generally. So long story short is that I would really like to just have a conversation with you on, are we getting in our own way? Like how to understand if you're getting in your own way and like, is it normal to go through this back and forth of like, wow, I am growing. And like, is this what I'm supposed to be doing with my life? And like, you know, going with that momentum and then complete self-doubt. Yeah. (laughs) So,
0: so I'm, (laughs) I'm really interested in this topic and it's something that does show up a lot. And so I'm, I just want to kind of conceptualize what you're asking. So let me just like zoom out for a second, hear you. Look, we all have the thing that's going on inside our brain all the time. It's talking to us. We're asking questions of ourselves. And sometimes we ask questions of ourselves and then we seem to like lose momentum or we get slowed down or whatever.
1: When we ask questions.
0: Yeah. Like when we ask ourselves questions, like, am I on the right path or is this the right thing for me or whatever? What I'm hearing from you is this kind of wondering about how do we know if that like where that voice is coming from? Are we on, you know, our path or are we being distracted or something like that? Is that what?
1: Yeah, exactly. Like I can't decipher if it's distraction and procrastination or truth. And it's like something that comes up pretty cyclically. And is this something that like, is just in the nature of running something yourself or is it, Like, yeah, I I guess, like, what would you say to someone that may be going through that cycle consistently?
0: First thing I just want to notice, because this is a, this is like a thing that we do is we start talking about, and you, you hear it in the culture. So we're, you know, we're part of a conversation that's happening, but the thing that we're doing is we're saying in the question, like I have a path or there is a truth, or there is like this right way of doing something. And the question itself is making that assumption about the world. So we don't realize that we're necessarily making that assumption when we're asking the question because it just sounds like we're asking the question. But when we ask the question, like, is this my truth or am I like on the the right path or something like that? What we're doing is we're stepping into a logical level where we're assuming about the world that there is one and only one right path and that it can be known and that we can know it. There's like some logical breakdown that happens in that, which is where this comes from. Because if we're believing that thing, that there is some truth out there or there is some right path, okay, and that we have access to knowing it. Well, that does this like really kind of strange thing in our mind, because here's the thing. We're assuming that the answer to that could be discovered, like as though we could Mm -hmm. like as archaeologists could like dig up tablets and those tablets would like tell us that there is the truth or the rightness or something like that, as though there's some like authority somewhere outside of ourselves that has the answers to these questions. And that we, if we only like get quiet enough or we look in the right places that we might find those answers from that authority. The challenge, the, like the issue with that is that where would we get that authority? Nobody gets the, the messages from the. I mean, people, get messages from the heralds right Mm -hmm. but they don't actually like they're not written down they're nowhere objective right like they don't exist out there in the world and by asking ourselves these questions of like am i on the right path for me what we're doing is we're assuming that the answer to that question comes from anywhere else other than inside of ourselves a choice that we make about our path does that make sense
1: it does make sense. And like, it's, it's interesting that like, even the silence part is something that like, I wouldn't have even caught that as something as external because like the, the narrative that I have of being in silence is like the answers come through in silence. But again, like you're in silence, I guess you're accessing your inner self, your inner voice. But it's interesting to even see it as like, cause I've been struggling with that too. It's like. Oh, like I haven't even had enough time to be silent, to eat, to connect with myself enough to know if I'm on the right path. Right. So like even silence viewed that way is an external thing when like at any given point in the day, silence or not, the answer is always within no matter what. And like, not to say that silence doesn't help get you there, but like it, that was just like a really interesting thing. I agree in practice and like, it does make sense to me. And I'm a big believer in like the following the breadcrumb thing. I guess I would really like to hear your thoughts on like the chronicness of it coming in and out loudly. Sometimes it feeling like the breadcrumb feels more in alignment and then sometimes the alarm going off and being like, this isn't it, this isn't it, this isn't it. Like there's something else. Is that useful or is it something to just be like STFU? Like, <laughs> no.
0: Yeah. It's, all right. So First of all, I think this is a really interesting question. By the way, I, I want to give like some acknowledgement to w- where it comes from, like what the mechanism is for serving, what the purpose that it's serving. So imagine babies. They did this experiment. Paige loves this experiment, but, she, but they did this experiment where they like had babies. They were safe. They were in harnesses, but they had babies <laughs> like walk up to like a cliff or like a precipice, right? For some babies, there was glass across the precipice, I think. And then for some babies, it was just a cliff. And then they would like if they if they went, they would swing out. And then what would happen is the babies would go up to the precipice and then they would look back to their primary caretaker and be like, is this am I? I'm doing this <laughs> right. <laughs> if the primary caretaker was like oh, and I had the, had like a fear response, then the baby would kind of back Sorry. off And if the primary caretaker was like, okay, go ahead. Then the baby would like swing out and then they would seem to enjoy the swinging of it. The thing is like we have this mechanism because for a long time, we are defenseless in the world. And so it makes sense for us to like look back to our caretakers to see if we're gonna be safe when we're taking actions, if there's gonna be security for us if we take that action. And so we spend a lot of time developing as we're developing our minds and ourselves, we're like checking back to our to our, our caretakers to make sure that we are going to take a safe action. And so I think what happens is that becomes ingrained when you're learning to ride a bike. You usually have like an adult or somebody put, like pushing you, or at least I did when you're little and they're like running alongside the bike as you're like pedaling and they're keeping you safe, right from falling over. OK, but there's this thing that happens where at some point you start to be on your own, Two legs power on Mm -hmm. the bike. And so you're doing it yourself, but you're still thinking that there is a caretaker there who's doing it for you. Mm -hmm. And then at some point, you're like on your own and you realize, most of us realize, hey, I'm doing it. I've been doing it for a little while. It's not like in the moment that you're first doing it that you realize it's like, and it's only when you like pause and look around and realize that the caretaker has stopped following you, right? That you're doing it on your own that is all a long-winded way of saying what i think is happening is we're we like build in this operating system pattern that is we look to authority to keep us safe we look to some authority somewhere to keep us safe and i think what what happens when we're asking these questions is we haven't quite realized that we are already riding the bike on our own that we've learned what we needed to from our caretakers that we've cultivated our Intrinsic autonomy, our ability to ride on our own, and we're still like believing that it's dad riding running behind you, holding on to you, that's keeping you safe. And so we never go back through the process of disentangling until we do. And you know, this is just like any other operating system that we develop when we're young. Like, don't talk to strangers. You know, we've I think we've talked about that keeps us safe when we're young. Right. As a 37 year old business owner, really shitty advice. Don't talk to strangers. Mm-hmm. No, no, no. <laughs> really talk to strangers <laughs> because we just we came by it. Honestly, there was a time when it really kept us safe.
1: Yeah. My question then with that example, which really cool, also love that experiment, like need to know more slash like if there's a video, we'd love to see that. Yeah, but we'll see. I, I guess like in the context of the overarching theme of like constantly questioning it, where does that Operating belief system, like, is the questioning coming because, like, there's this, like, fake authority that I think has the answer of where to go?
0: I believe that this is what's happening. We are still operating under the story, under the narrative that there is some authority outside of ourselves where this answer can come from. You can hear the language and it, and it sounds nice, but you're like, I get really quiet and then the answers come through me. That sounds really beautiful and also what you're doing when you're doing that subconsciously is you're, you're setting the power in your life to something else because then what happens if you lose access to that thing? What happens if that thing's quiet on a day? What happens if you just for whatever reason can't get that thing to speak through you? Now all of a sudden the, the authority, the power in our life, we don't have access to it and so we've accidentally done this really disempowering thing even though it sounds like a really powerful positioning for ourselves, right? we've actually done this kind of disempowering thing because we've set our power up to be in relationship to this authority, whatever that authority is. And that authority could be like a higher power where we're sitting quietly or that authority could be like what society says we should do. Right. Which is an even subtler thing to untangle because we're like just getting subtle clues about it all over the place. Whenever we're no, like nobody comes to you and says, you well, I mean, sometimes people do, but like most of the time people aren't saying you should do this thing with your life. Right. But what we're doing is we're like internalizing the stories that we're seeing in movies and from our friends and from our parents and from all these other things. Right. And all of that winds up acting like this authority figure in our life as a metaphor, because it's several many different things. But then we're externalizing the, our, our own sense of autonomy. Right. Autonomy, that word autonomy, self naming autonomy, autonomy, to name the self and if we're not able to name ourselves, we don't have it. We don't have freedom.
1: So why is it that it boils up every so often? It's like you can get from like point A to point B and then it bubbles up. This is actually super interesting. Like I, I had never really viewed it that way. I'm curious how you would bridge that gap of like being autonomous and with that autonomy understanding, I guess maybe I'm answering my own question, but like if, it, if you really feel in true autonomy, then I guess you would know at any given point you could make a different choice in your business or make a different path or move or whatever. I guess it's maybe then self-trust. Self-trust is the answer.
0: And that's what we're really talking about, right? Because like what we're doing as kids, those babies are looking back to trusted individuals to help them make a decision in the world. So what we're really talking about is self-trust. And self-trust, I think, boils down to our, our ability to accept the consequences of our actions no matter what they wind up being, right? If I fall off the cliff, that's going to hurt. And so, so much of our lives, I think we spend avoiding that which could potentially hurt us because, you know, I like to call it the the ever after effect, but it's the, it'll then it'll be awfully ever after. The curtains will close, the story's over and it'll be awful. Then that's the end. And this is, I think, a big part of our relationship with the word failure too. It's because like once we brand something as failure, it has an end in it. Like we've like baked in an ending to it. Last weekend, we have this other container where there is another coaching container and somebody recommended a video game. I love video games. And it's not, they were like, it's, it's really good. They didn't tell me how challenging it was. It was a really hard game. Okay. So I spent, <laughs> I got to finally got to the first boss. And this isn't the kind of video, a lot of video games you can kind of like, you can just outthink the problems in the game and so you can kind of like keep yourself safe and never actually face any real risks if you're strategic enough about the way that you play it right this game is not that way it's uh it's called elden rings basically you have to be in real time making decisions fighting in real time like you have to be watching very carefully and then responding to what you see in real time and it happens very quickly you have very little time to react okay and that is what this boss fight is it's very challenging i spent, I don't even know how long, but more than 50 attempts at beating this boss. Okay. <laughs> and it probably, the whole boss fight probably takes eight minutes. So to give you a range of like how long and the, basically what's happening is in the fight, what you're doing is trying to stay alive longer than the boss. That's the, that's the name of the game. Can you hit the boss more times than the boss can hit you. And so you go into this thing and, and here's the thing, like it's challenging. The thing that I'm, I'm really fighting against isn't the boss. It's my own willingness to continue learning my own willingness to continue developing my skill set, Okay. Because if I get to a point and I think it's perfectly reasonable at some point, you know, gosh, the reward of sitting here fighting this boss for hours, right. Isn't worth it for me. Right. Mm-hmm. To keep going. Now we've made a values ass- assessment, right? Cause I think this is what, what really comes down to all this question of, is it the right path or whatever? It's like, really, is it in alignment for you? does it feel like it's in values alignment for me? And, and I think you'll know that people say like, Oh, I don't really know. You have to slow down. I, I don't really know. I want to get really quiet and listen to whatever the right thing is in me. And it's like, well, you know what your right thing is. You're the only one who does. You're the only one who ever has. Now your willingness to accept the consequences of that maybe isn't there yet. And that's where we get stuck in this, in this freezing mm. part. That's where we want to like, give it up to some authority who probably knows better than us. If only somebody can tell me what to do in this situation, and now I don't have to face the risk.
1: So what if you're in that in-between? You're saying like if you just know that, like you would know, or maybe you're not ready to know. What if you're not ready to know in that interim time, what is the way to operate in that limbo?
0: This is where I kind of think it gets, it gets granular. So going back to this video game example, right? Mm-hmm. Every time I'm walking into that boss, so you die and then you respawn right outside of it. And then you go back in and you try it again, right? Every time I'm making the decision to go to walk into that boss fight, I'm making a decision to finish the fight. I'm not going to probably stop in the middle of the fight. I'm probably going to wait until another like quote unquote failure. We have this story and this is where the right path and that that kind of language, I don't think it's helpful because we have this story that like once I do it now, then it's set in stone for the rest of my life and I just have to do this path for the rest of my life. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe or maybe you really you can really find the joy of trying to figure out this challenge for 50 attempts, a hundred attempts, but maybe after 150 attempts, you know, you're like, yeah, you know what? The, the joy of this isn't there. I just, I haven't really figured out, found the joy. Okay. And, and there's a distinction here, I think to be made between the joy of the thing, like finding your joy in the activity versus fear. And this is where I think the actual, like the heart of your question is that it is coming mm-hmm. to is like, are we making a decision out of love or are we making a decision out of fear? Am I quitting this fight because I don't believe that I can solve it? Am I quitting the journey here because I don't believe that I can be successful at it? Or am I genuinely not interested enough in the outcome? Do I really, am I not, is it not meaningful enough to me? Do I not love it enough, this outcome? For it to be worth me even going, walking down this path, because there's going to be probably a whole bunch more quote unquote failures between me and beating this boss or whatever.
1: Right. I mean, that lands extremely well. It's definitely hitting on a lot of core things (laughs) for sure. Um, I'm curious for the detanglement process to detangle yourself from the need for that like authority or like that feeling of like, okay, finally I've like landed in the thing or that it feels like in full alignment. Like, how do you start? the detanglement process?
0: So I think first thing to notice is when you're doing it, when you're playing the game, just like to get curious, to be on the lookout for, okay? Like start playing a game right now. We can all just make a decision. In this moment, I'm going to be on the lookout for when I'm looking to an external authority for my answers, whether that authority be God, the universe, or society, or my parents, or whatever. I'm going to start to notice when I'm playing that game that there's some higher authority in my life than me. That's the first step It's just a mindfulness practice, literally becoming aware of your thinking. And this is a practice that will serve you in every way. I think it's just like one of the really useful fundamental core skills, like meta skills that if we just start noticing things in general, being present to our reality, being present to our lives, being present to the, the thoughts that we're having. So that's a clue. The other is I really do think there is a decision to be made in any given moment. I am the authority in my life. Is there a higher authority than me? In my life, because authority, auto, same auto, self, and now we're like writing ourselves. Also, author, author, ring. So, who has the ability to write your life, your reality? We can play a game, and this I suspect. You check me out on this. let, Let me know what you think about this. I believe that we can play a game where we we act as though there is a higher authority than us in our lives. That that somebody else knows better than we do. But what I don't believe is that anybody else actually could. So anytime we're doing that, you know, my analogy of like we're driving in the car, but we're sitting in the passenger seat. We're like pretending that we're not driving in the car. We're pretending that we're just a passenger. But really, like our hands are on the wheel. Our foot is on the gas. We are making literally every decision in our lives, somehow pretending that we're not the one doing it.
1: So how do you reconcile that mentality with Also, the belief that there is something bigger out there, like not not to get like so spiritual, but like I'm the one asking these questions, and I am a very spiritual person, so I could see how those two things. And like you also hit on something earlier that like just really resonated of like the days that you don't feel like you're getting the downloads that you feel out of out of alignment or out of you know, and then it raises all those questions. Why am I doing the right thing? Because I feel. Yeah, because I feel like, oh my God, like if I'm meditating and this thing is moving, like I, I have like these downloads moving through me, not to sound like super out there, but like I've experienced that the days that I don't, I'm like, oh shit, something's out of alignment. Something isn't working for me. I'm probably doing something because I am aware at the same time that I also feel like there's something like the universe is something bigger than me. I also am fully aware that the decisions that I make are what dictate the actual outcomes in my life, right? So... Those two things existing in the same field, it just really resonated with me when you said that, like, oh, if you just like are like waiting for the thing to move through in the silence. And now I can't remember where I was going with this question.
0: Yeah, well, if you where was so I going? <laughs> uh, well, we're detangling the the pr- the practice of the the entity. Like, if we're a spiritual person, universe, call it physics, call it whatever you want. But like, if there's some higher power, and I believe that there's some higher power, and I'm dealing with this, like, how do I? How, where is my part of it? And where is their part of it? And I think, again, what we're doing there in the asking that question is we're going to accidentally wind up disempowering ourselves. So let's put it in another way. If there's this higher power that is giving you guidance, okay, well, do you think it trusts you to make decisions? Yeah. Do you think it trusts you more than you do
1: then? I mean, currently it sounds like it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Now we'd have to play some kind of game with ourselves where we believe that that thing could be wrong to choose you in the first place as its vessel for this message or whatever it is. I mean, philosophically, do you believe that that could be possible? Like, could could it choose wrong?
1: I don't believe that it could choose wrong.
0: Cool. Great. So now we have a mechanism for self-trust internally and a mechanism for self-trust externally. No matter what, you're a trustworthy individual, whether that trust is coming from your own willingness to trust yourself or from that entity's willingness to trust you. So if it's quiet for a day, A, maybe you're just not listening or B, maybe you're telling yourself a story in that moment that you're untrustworthy.
1: And it also feels like if I, if I'm being completely honest, sometimes when I go in these rabbit holes of this and like, maybe our audience like feels that it resonates too. I'm like, is this just procrastination? Like, is this whole like, you know, narrative and storytelling and like blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, I'm just out of alignment. Like, Like, is it just lack of, like you're saying, making decisions, lack of just like, okay, committing to something and just doing it for a certain period of time. And like you said, like how you're committing to like 50 rounds of fighting the boss in the video game it's super individualized, but maybe a takeaway for the audience is that it's like committing to something for a certain period of time. Like I always talk about on my podcast about giving yourself an honest shot. And then now I'm struggling with what's an honest shot. I've had my business for almost four years. And like, I keep going through this ebb and flow of it of like one day I'm like on top of the world. And then, I mean, I do believe that that's also part of the process, but like, whatever, I go through those phases where sometimes like I really question the whole thing.
0: Just to be clear, because I don't want to confuse our means with our ends. Okay, because what I'm committing to is not fighting the boss 50 times. What I'm committing to is figuring the damn thing out. And I think there's a couple key components in it. And this is where, again, I, I think that the question that we're asking at its essence is, are we acting from fear or are we acting from love? Am I quitting this fight because I don't think I can do it or I'm afraid of what might happen if I keep trying or what that'll mean about me? Or am I quitting this fight because I want to I have dinner with the neighbors and I want to go enjoy my evening in another way? Am I making a, cho- a choice out of values alignment or out of fear or avoidance? And I think that's what this question is like boiling down to. Again, I, I've been thinking a lot about this recently because it's been coming up a lot and it, there's a lot of different conversations happening around it. Just the, the, the point of the fight is not to fight the boss. It's to develop the skills to surpass whatever challenges are along your path. But if the path isn't important enough to you.
1: Yeah. And that is what I feel. I'm like, I, 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 when I have those moments and like, I've been clearly like I've been in that moment right now. And I think it's boiling up for me because which sounds actually like a little bit insane is because I have like a really big surge in my business. And I think there's so much fear that comes around with that. Cause I don't know what I am like in that next version of myself. So there is a lot of inbound. There's a lot of things happening that I'm like, I have never had a team bigger than I have now. And I don't know what that version of myself looks like in this next phase. Do I even want it? Do I even want to show up as a person that is, you know, and then all these narratives come up, come up that are like, for me, one of the things I value most is freedom, which why I love the name of this show. But it's like, you know, like all of those things, they boil up with that. But yeah, so like, just wanted to give context onto like, also maybe something to like, look out for. At least I'm seeing this very alive in me that there's like, I'm at a precipice and I'm clearly seeing growth and there's a huge level of fear coming up for me that's manifesting in this question. Do I even freaking want this? You know? Yeah.
0: And notice that question. Okay. Look at the question. Do I even want it? Okay. We're operating under an assumption when we ask that question that there is such a state as wanting it or not wanting it and that the answer to it is somehow unknown to us like that the answer to the question of whether or not you want it is somehow not in your yeah. world of observation, right? Where would it be if not in your world of observation as though if there you're, is a If you're a questioning state,
1: it, is the answer no? Like if you're, if you're questioning it so much is the answer, just no.
0: I don't know. That's where I think the question, I I, I don't think it's that simple. I, yeah. I, an older version of me would have said yes. If you're questioning it this much. Yeah. You, you probably already know the answer. I do think there's, there's value in thinking like, I probably already know the answer. And do you get a gut answer? If the answer is like, because if you're asking a yes, no question like this, flip a coin while that coin is in the air, be on the lookout for your answer. While the coin is in the air, be on the lookout for your answer. When it lands and you haven't looked at it yet, do you know, do you know your answer? Yeah. Yeah. And I so, <laughs> yeah, well, not yet. You, you haven't done that exercise yet. There is a power to actually yeah. flipping a coin, right? Not, not a Siri coin, but a real coin. Just remember with this question, do I even want it? Right? Like the, the, the essence of that question is putting the authority outside of yourself somehow. We're somehow telling a story that there, that the answer to that question could be obscured from us. And so I think. I can like, tell
1: you that I do know that I want, I, I want to, no matter what the outcome is with my business, I guess. All of the reasons that I'm scared are all things that I would want to, that I know I want to find solutions for. Whether they manifest in the way that my business is in now or not, all the things that I'm so fearful of in this next phase are the things that I know that I want to know how to move through and do or know how to build around that. Like I do know that. Great.
0: sounds like you're, you're pretty confident that it's at least working through this boss fight. And that's what I mean. It's like we because the other thing about this, like the path or the thing that I even want, it's like there's almost like a permanence to that. Well, like once I pick it, then I have to like, oh, man, I've committed to beating this boss. And it's like, well, yeah, maybe now and maybe after 27 reps of beating the boss or trying to beat the boss and you still haven't done it and you still haven't gotten any closer or you haven't figured out even the, the earliest stages of it. Maybe something else becomes more important to you in your life than that. And we have a compass inside of us that points us to things that we want. And at some point, maybe the pull is greater than the pull to develop those skills or to, you know, to become that kind of person. Right. But again, asking the question, am I doing this because I don't believe I can? Am I making this decision because I don't believe I can? Or am I making this decision because I genuinely don't want to? It doesn't matter how many tries it takes. I genuinely don't want what happens on the other side, or I don't, I literally just don't want it enough. Like it doesn't matter to me. I don't want it enough that it's worth all of the effort. Because remember the three, remember the three reasons we procrastinate that we tend to procrastinate. Okay. And they fall into these three buckets. Either we don't actually want the thing in the first place. We don't really want the outcome of what we're like procrastinating on. Okay. We don't believe that we can do it. Or we don't know how. We just literally have no idea what the path is to go from here to there. Okay? So these boil into those two questions, essentially. Do I want it? And do I believe I can do it? That's what we're really doing. Fear or love? Am I making this decision out of love? Or am I making this decision out of fear that I won't be able to? Or that I'm not enough? Or that I'm not good enough? Or that I'm not up for this challenge? Or that I'll, no matter how many tries I take on this boss, I'll just never get there, right? Because it takes some staying power. Gosh, Sometimes I would die the moment I would walk in that room, right? Sometimes I would last half, like half of his life bar and I'd be like so proud, right? But what happened is over time, I got better and better at it. But the thing had to be important enough for me to be willing to fail a whole bunch of times, quote unquote fail, right? Because that's just like what the process of success looks like is we're trying over and over and over again until we're able to do it. So just, I just want to keep returning people to
1: I hope what? you're paid by this video game.
0: <laughs> <laughs> no, it's just like such a useful, such a useful model for, for reality, you know, because I'm not identifying, I'm not making the decision that I'm identifying with any given failure. That's the important thing. Right. Right. I'm not a failure. I just didn't succeed. I, like this, I just had an attempt where I didn't get what I wanted yet. Not like I'm essentially the kind of person who can't get it.
1: I am curious back to what you said. And because you said that you um, have been feeling this with your clients and it's been boiling up for you are you seeing a through line as to like what is happening to instigate that to come up or come alive in people? Like for me, the example was that I'm I'm in fear right now because I'm in a, a at a new phase, right? Like, mm-hmm. is there something that you're seeing that is like it happens when X or like roughly when these types of things are are alive in people's lives or in their current circumstance?
0: Yeah. And I, I do, I do believe it's like at these turning points and it's at these turning points where were un I, I'm not, it's so hard to generalize, but the ones that I'm thinking of, the two conversations that I was having literally yesterday about this. And then the one today, I suspect it's got something to do with fear. We're at a point where we're concerned that our skill level is not up to the challenge that we're facing. And then all of this uncertainty, fear, uncertainty, and doubt comes up about it. Right. And then we're like asking, is this even the thing that I really want? Right. Which I, by the way, I think that's a useful question to ask. Once we've identified our values, is this thing actually important enough for me to be willing to do the work on this? If not, what else? Because C- that challenge is going to come up in anything that we want, right? The treasure that we most want is in the cave that we most fear to enter. That's Joseph Campbell. So just considering yeah. that, that it's going to come up, that this is part of the doubt thing that happens. You know, the Buddha was tempted with three things. And the last one was self-doubt. Mara was like, you, who are you? Who are you to want this? Who are you to believe that you're an enlightened one? Metaphorical story, but core to humanity.
1: Well, should we end on that, Buddha?
0: Yeah, Yeah, totally.
1: (laughs) (laughs) So let's say for me right now, like identifying, like, I am fearful that I'm not up for, like, that my skill set can't be at that level to get into that next step. Like, for anyone listening that's in that same phase, right? What is the immediate next step if we can leave our audience with just one Tangible next step to go from if you if that resonates with you, like it like how I'm feeling right now. If you're, right feeling, now, like I'm if you're recognizing that, I, that it is fear. Yeah, if I'm recognizing that it's like I do I am really curious and I would love to know what is on the other side of it. And I've also recognized that I am scared that I don't have the skill set to be able to take it to that level.
0: Yeah. Again, it's about a choice that you're making to go for it. Right? Like to to play with no training wheels, to give it your go just a choice. It's a choice that you're making. Like look, I'm going to do this. I'm going to figure it out cuz th- that was the thing. And if you have to figure out that you can believe, part of the video game metaphor is like I knew that I I knew it could be done. I didn't know if I could do it yet, but I mean, I made a decision that I could do it. If anybody can do it, I can do it. I believe that this thing can be done. That's the first step to get to. Do you believe that it's possible for this thing to happen in the world, not you, but somebody?
1: What do you say to people that haven't seen it be done in their space? Because I actually like in order for me to build what I want to build, I actually don't have a model for it. So what would you say to someone like that? Look at the
0: Wright brothers flying. That's why the question of, is it important? Look, I love it. I I love the flying because they do it or they die trying. Is this the thing that you do or you die trying? Commitment is such an important part of this. Like it's possible for you to literally, you have no idea what's possible. So to make a belief, to believe in the world, in your brain, in your mind, in your story, that it's possible for you is just a choice because we don't know whether it's possible or not. We, we could not possibly know until after we're dead and then we couldn't know. So we cannot know if something is possible for us. So making a choice to believe that it's possible for you, that's just a choice, right? That's just a decision to be made right now the how cool look to other people look to models right people have figured things out now maybe they haven't figured out this specific thing this exact thing in your space but people have figured out things like it i promise you people have figured out things like it otherwise what are you even basing it on right in the first place if not a progress of evolution right so it's just like are you willing to commit to the evolution process here in this I
1: love
0: it. yeah right on Thanks so much for listening to the Shift to Freedom podcast. If you want to get the most out of your time here, think about this. What's the one thing from this episode that resonated the most for you? Asking that simple question can help anchor in your insights and remember who you want to be. If there was even a single thought in today's episode that helps you to become even 1% more free then we are thrilled, if so, would you do us a favor? We're on a mission to spread the message of freedom and we could use your help. See, the algorithms love it when we get reviews, shares, comments, and likes, and then that helps other people like you to find the podcast and just maybe change their lives. So if you like what we're doing and you want to generate some positive karma for the day, please write us a review wherever you get your podcast love. See you next week, and in the meantime, live your freedom and love your life.